This is Jenna. And I'm Noelle. And you're listening to More Than Murder, where we delve into everything eerie with a side of true crime. (laughs) We were just going to do it double. I know. More Than Murder is not your typical true crime podcast. Join us on a weekly tour through the haunted, the bloody, the creepy, and the nutty on our freaky Fridays. If that doesn't show that we don't pre-record that, like, there you guys go. We said we felt a little airheaded today. Oh my god, dude, I'm so, like, like, gone. It must just be the nice day. We're, like, so excited for spring. (laughs) So with that and the fact that this is a long one, we prepared for three hours. We're just going to get into it Um, Okay, so before we jump in, quick reminder that you can leave us reviews. They are a free way to help us grow as a podcast and get the word out. You can leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Acast, and you can even leave recommendations on our Facebook. <clears throat> Sorry. I thought you meant to whisper for a second. I didn't <laughs> our no. Facebook. <laughs> no. And quite honestly, I'm a little worried. Um, so if I have to take a deep breath, it's going to happen. I'm very short today. Um, so once you finish leaving five-star reviews, yes, five-star, nothing less, guys. <laughs> and if you don't like it, then don't listen. Uh, You can also go follow us on our socials as well. That way you never miss a thing from us. So you can find us on Facebook at... More Than Murder. Insta at... More Than underscore Murder. Nope. Oh, More Than Murder Pod. Yeah, and Twitter (laughs) at... More Than underscore murder we it used to be facebook twitter and insta but we've since just changed it's just, it it's just facebook changed says, facebook is always first it's and then not, the yeah. others just fluctuate just fluctuate so if you're not sure why we ask you to leave five star reviews because it's been a while since you've you know heard why it since puts us on charts about it yes yeah. it puts us on charts yeah so yeah. that other people can find us easier like they don't have to search for oh new true crime podcast they can literally just say oh, this one's on a chart for, like, top this. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's what ratings help for. And there's these, like, articles, too, that list, like, the top yes. whatever podcast. So, mm-hmm. like, if you're ever looking for a new podcast, we would like to be on those. And it'd be so cool to be on, like, a top 20, even a top 50. Dude, so I if die. you ever somehow come across us in one and we aren't aware, aware. please share it with us. Tag us, do whatever, email us at the Gmail. It'll be on our wall in the frame with lights and stars. I'll cry. I'll get my knees and I will ugly cry. I only ugly cry. Actually, it's funny. When I was a teen and I got broken up with, um, I was at my friend's house. Shout out to Lindsay. And I'm sobbing. I'm bawling. She goes, you're such a pretty crier. (laughs) And that has always sat with me. Every time I cry, I'm like, Oh, she said I was a pretty crier, and like I hold on to that dear. So oh, thank no. you, Lindsay. I look horrible when I cry, but my eyes look pretty after when they're all bloodshot and red. It makes them look more green. <laughs> oh, the next day. Oh, they're Ooh. so swollen. swollen. Oh my gosh, they're like you can see the veins <laughs> popping out. My gosh, it's awful. Terrible. So yeah, do that. Make us cry, and then we'll post the afterwards effects of yep. our crying. And now we're gonna make you cry. Yeah. Oh God. So. Also, before we begin, um, I know you guys are super excited to get into it, as you've already seen the title, but this episode definitely needs a disclaimer. So, this episode contains graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. All right, viewer discretion is advised. Let's get into this shit. May 27th, 1991 was a fairly normal day in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That was until police were called by some concerned women who had encountered a naked boy in the street. The boy was disoriented and had visible bloody injuries. Once police had arrived, they were met by a normal, fairly good-looking man 
who stated the boy was actually his boyfriend and there had just been a small domestic dispute, but all was well. The officers took the man at his word, shooed the concerned women away, but what they didn't know was that they were in the presence of an active serial killer and his next victim. That man was Jeffrey Dahmer. Blech. The man himself, the Dahmer. We mm-hmm. had to do it. We're here. We have to do it. We're a true crime podcast. You can't without the Dahmer. It's been almost two years, so yeah, That's a time. And then after this, we're done. We're done with him. Yeah, Jeffrey. A lot of others. I know. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer was born May 21st, 1960 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That is two days after my birthday, guys. Great. Well, at least it's two days after and not on the day. I know, but there's so many. I share a birthday with fucking Albert Fish. Oh, um, Lord. The beheading of Anne Bullitt. There's just a lot of shit surrounding my birthday, for fuck's sake. I think I share a couple as well. I think everybody probably does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so, he had a fairly normal childhood. Unlike, you know, a lot of different killers that, that we've heard of. Um, it, his was very... Pretty normal, pretty loving too, but some sources stated that he did become quite withdrawn early on, especially after the uh, birth of his little brother. He felt he wasn't getting enough attention from his mother, and his parents' marriage was also pretty rocky. So there's obviously, obviously, there's obviously some tension in the home, but nothing stated that he was ever physically abused by his parents. Okay. Um, I think his mother had, you know, some, some like maybe some postpartum, some, some mental. Um, illness issues and things like that, but it wasn't to the to the point where he was being beaten or sexually abused or anything like some of the other serial killers that we have and will cover. Yeah. From a very young age, Dahmer developed an interest in death and enjoyed finding animal carcasses to preserve in formaldehyde. Lionel Dahmer, Jeffrey's father, would often help his son with these projects and would teach him how to properly bleach and clean the bones. So he actually worked as a chemist, and basically he just thought that Jeffrey had taken an interest in science. I mean, yeah, that's exactly pretty much what taxidermy is. It's what a lot of, I mean, a lot of things involve animals and bones. It's not I, like he killed them, well, as no, far as we know. Yeah, and quite often, I have a baboon skull. I like bones. Yeah, you like bones. Absolutely. People like bones. I'm part of a group that talks about how to clean bones mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the vulture culture, you know, and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's it's not as... You have bones, you are killer type yeah. of thing, you know? So you can't look at that and, and be like, that was his thing that, that said he was going to be a killer. And I personally can't handle flesh-covered bones. I wait until they are already, like... Yes, same. Mostly eaten and, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I personally can't do, like, roadkill and go find dead animals. No. I'd no. rather, like, find bones... But there or are find, people. There yeah, are yeah, people that's that pick fine. up the roadkill, and, like, and that's what he was doing a lot was you know finding the dead animals, and mm-hmm. and he liked to kind of find out what was process. inside of it, cut it open, and mm-hmm. the anatomy and things like that. So, uh, yeah, um, he never, his father never in a million years imagined what the future would hold, and know that um, the knowledge would fuel his son's dark urges. So he did kind of help his son later on. With, like, how he was going to preserve yeah, and clean no the idea. bones. But, no, he had no idea. He's just like, oh, he's interested in science the and how the body works and anatomy. Anyway. Everyone's yeah. morbid. Um, Literally everybody. I will probably get into it. I don't know if you do or not. But I didn't, I've never known this about the case. Were his parents still alive when all this was happening? 
What do you mean? Like when he was committing the crimes he committed. Oh, yeah. His yeah. dad wrote a book afterwards. Okay, and has done cool. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really get into it. Like this, I think, is the last time I really talk about his parents. Yeah. Really. I was wondering if, you know. His mom. I'm intrigued to see what his um, dad wrote in the book, honestly. there Yeah, there is a book. I think they're, um, I've watched so many documentaries and movies. Mm-hmm. I want to say there's also a really good documentary where his dad talks oh, okay. and kind of goes through like. Um, his childhood in depth. And, yeah, I want to see it from the parents' perspective. Yeah, he we talks don't often about, get that at all. We he, only get it from... Yeah, he talked about how, like, you know, he would bring home, like, chicken bones, and he cleaned the chicken bones together with him because he was interested. Mm-hmm. He liked the sound of the bones, like, clanking together, and he would play with, like, his fiddle sticks, as he called them. So he was very interested in bones and anatomy and, and death. So... Which, honestly, back, way back, when they were making instruments or making weapons uh-huh. a lot of it was bone uh-huh. you know they uh-huh. to make probably a maraca back in a long time ago yep. bef- you know before they were like oh let's put beans in here they probably who knows you could even take bones two them. bones and you could go ting ting yeah. ting and make music that way like there's so many different uses that you could use them for the Dahmer family did move a lot and by the time jeffrey was in high school they settled in bath township ohio Jeffrey, of course, wasn't very popular, and he was actually drinking very heavily at this time, even during classes. And how old was he at this point, you said? In high school. High school, okay. Yeah, yeah, high school age. So I don't know if it's, like, you know, ninth, tenth. I think it's, Probably like... Probably could be ninth. A lot of kids would do that. He know. honestly just had a cup on him at all times, and he would just pour, like, straight liquor in there, and he would just be drinking all day. Good lord. All fucking day. He was just, yeah, just gone. To fit in, he would also pull lots of stunts and pranks, becoming the class clown. Classmates would actually call these jokes or pranks, quote, doing a Dahmer. <laughs> and he also, like, would do, like, like a Tourette's type thing where he would, like, just scream out in the middle of classes. Like, they would be like, oh, read quietly. And then Dahmer would just, like, Bleh! you he know, and, like, be disruptive. And, and yeah, yeah, and be the kid, the class clown, the funny one. That, yeah. And he was also drinking, so it was probably fun for him. Classmates, sorry, I already read that. So there is a movie and a graphic novel called My Friend Dahmer, and that actually delves into, like, what it was like to go to school with Dahmer and his, like, teenage years. <laughs> Honestly, I could do a whole episode on just that, um, but for this purpose, it's already long, so I'm just kind of footnoting this part. Um, I've seen the movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I do want to, I looked it up, I want to buy the graphic novel and read that next. Um, the graphic novel is the same name, My Friend Dahmer, and it's written by Durf Backdurf. Um, I think Durf is his high school name. That was his, like, nickname in high school, so that's why he, like, penned it as Durf Backdurf. Yes. Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> so it was in high school that Dahmer started to gain more understanding of his sexuality and realizing that he was homosexual. He would often have very dark fantasies at this time, which involved dominating another person, having complete control over them, and often included, like, rape scenarios. Which, I know this doesn't correlate all the time, but when you think about a lot of, you know, domestic domestic abuse cases, um, a lot of times the husband, you know, or whoever is does that when they are intoxicated and the most intoxicated. I wonder if him drinking so heavily, especially from like a younger age and constantly being drunk, had something to do with wine control. Like something, I don't know. It's weird though, isn't it? How a lot of the times alcohol does induce abusive tendencies. 
I, I don't know why, but I take it as more of, I feel like his alcohol is to squash his urges. He's trying to hide feelings that he's having and urges and dark tendencies. So I feel like that's why he starts picking up the booze. And then once he starts drinking, he just, it's, it's over from there. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm not sure. Because it doesn't conceal. It just enhances probably. Yeah. It, oh, mm-hmm, we'll yeah. get into that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not sure. But um, it, it very well could be. It's very just well interesting how, you know, stuff, you put things together and. Yeah. Yeah. You never know, too. We yeah. Can't, unfortunately, can't interview him. I know. Um, so these fantasies were very arousing to Dahmer, and the fantasies would only keep growing darker and darker as the years progressed. Dahmer would actually commit his first murder just weeks after graduating high school in June of 1978. The ripe age of 18 years old. Wow. As I said earlier, his parents' marriage was very rocky. So around this time um, that they were that he was graduating, his parents were also getting a divorce. So that was that was that was going away. His mom actually like took his younger brother and went away. She moved into like um, I think they moved into like a hotel or whatever. And then his dad was traveling a lot. So um, Jeffrey was eighteen and basically just kind of left alone. He was in the house by himself. He was free to do whatever the hell he wanted to do. Lovely. Yeah, no supervision, and also drinking very, 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 very heavily. And so he started murdering at 18. Mm-hmm. So one night as he's driving around, he runs into hitchhiker, 18-year-old Stephen Mark Hicks. Hicks tells Dahmer that he's trying to catch a ride to a concert, so Dahmer invited him back home. He's like, we can listen to some music, have some drinks, party a little bit, and then I'll take you to the show. Things take a really deadly turn, however, um, when Hicks kind of hints at, like, hey, can we head out now? The concert, the concert's about to start. Mm-hmm. And Dahmer, like, just did not want this person to leave. He finally had somebody here with him. He was going to be able to kind of express his sexuality. And he was, he, he kind of panicked, I think. So he bludgeons Hicks with a 10-pound dumbbell, then strangled him until he was deceased. Poor kid, all I wanted to do was go to a concert. Just, yeah, I just want to rock on, man. It's mm-hmm. 1978, you know, he's... You can tell with his haircut, he was just that. Uh-huh. But also, like, let's not hitchhike, guys. Let's not fucking hitchhike anymore. <laughs> like, in the 70s, that's literally, like, hitchhiker death, hitchhiker death. This guy was mm-hmm. the hitchhiker strangler. This guy was, like... <sighs> you yeah, sometimes find that good. People. Well, that's true too, but still, yeah. you never know. You just have to be safe and think everyone's going to kill you mm-hmm. at this point. <laughs> it is. So, um, once the act was complete, Dahmer masturbated over the corpse. This was the day Dahmer's compulsion to kill was born and the start of a long string of gruesome murders. Jeffrey hid the body of Hicks in the crawl space under the home until he was able to dispose of it. To dispose of the remains, Dahmer dissected the body. He then smashed the bones, which to basically the ash, and then he dissolved the flesh in acid, which he then flushed down the toilet. Like a sludgy. Yuck. A sludgy, nice cocktail there. We all know how I feel about the, uh, the word sludge when it comes to human remains. And if you don't, go listen to what? That one. Was it the, that guy? Was it the butcher of Hanover, or was it the acid bath? No, the acid, acid bath, bath murders. murders. Okay, I thought he was yeah. the same guy for some reason. I don't know. Um, yeah, go listen to the acid bath murders. It's gross. It's nasty. Lots of sludge. 
Months later, Dahmer enrolled in college at Ohio State University with a major in business, usually what a lot of 18-year-olds did at that time, but he was still drinking very heavily at this point and fighting back his dark urges. So obviously his classwork was left behind and Dahmer dropped out after like one semester, failing every class, just not giving a fuck about anything at that point. Just always drunk. Yeah, I just literally always just always fucking wasted. How you get by on life with not having any job or anything? How do you keep buying alcohol? Yeah, who knows? He probably was getting supported by, you know, his dad and, yeah. and, you know, things like that. So Lionel Dahmer was concerned about his son due to the heavy drinking and lack of ambition. So he urged Jeffrey to enlist in the army. Maybe the strict regimented nature would be good for him and he could actually start his life. He spent two years in service and was deployed to Germany for a time, but his heavy drinking did not cease. Well, I was going to say, isn't it when you're in the army, you're allowed to drink? So during like, like during basic, you can't. Like yeah. you are at basic, you are at boot camp, you're not doing anything. Yeah. But like once you're, I think you still, I, I think it depends on the country you're in. If you go to a country where the drinking age is 18, you could probably drink. And... Quite honestly, I don't know when the drinking age went up, but I know that back in the day it was pretty mm-hmm. young. So, um, but yeah, in the army, like once you're deployed, I think there's a thing when stuff, you're allowed. I think there's a thing if you're in the military, you're even in America. I don't think that's. I gotta true. look it up. I don't think that's true. I think it's more of um, like where you're enlisted or where you're deployed. Like if he was in Germany and the drinking age of Germany sixteen, then he should be able to drink legally. But not sure. Um, but yeah, he could drink once he was deployed and he did not stop drinking. So he proved to be a very subpar soldier and in early 1981, he was honorably discharged and entered back into civilian life. Subpar soldier. Yeah. He is fucking wasted all the time. How is he even accepted into there when he's drunk all the time? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And like you see pictures of his apartment like towards the end and it's just like beer cans everywhere and just it's a mess. He was a mess. Uh, yeah. So he returned to Ohio where he resided with his father for a time. Apparently, like, when he first came back, uh, there's a story of, like, he just didn't want to disappoint his dad. So he just, like, went to Florida and just, like, slept on the beach and just hung out for a while and drank and Good Lord. just did whatever the fuck Let he wanted to do. Yeah. There's also stories, they aren't proven, but there's also stories saying that, like, he might have um, sexually assaulted people in the military and there might even be some murders that he committed in the military, but I don't have any proof on those. They're just kind of stories that that. And he wasn't spun. in for that long, though, right? Two years. Two years. Okay, Two years. well, that's yeah. enough time. So he could have been even in a day is enough time. We know, but yeah. Still. And in Germany, I, I feel like it's more plausible of like the sexual assault and stuff because yeah. we're gonna get into what he gets into once he's back home and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So. Yeah, so he returns to Ohio where he resides with his father for a time, but this arrangement wouldn't last because Dahmer is arrested for disorderly conduct. And so at this person, at this point, on record, we know that he's only killed one person so far. Correct, in Wundo. Yep. Okay, so he's gone two years without another kill. 78, well, so he murdered in 78 and now it's 81. Oh, so three years now. So a little bit more, yep, yep. So, he goes to live with his grandmother in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They all figured that this would probably be good for Jeff. Go yeah. live with Nanny. <laughs> yeah, go live with your grandmama. Um, and actually, this went well for a while. Jeffrey was, it's so weird because, like, 
usually like long names like that, I'm always like Andy, you know, like and like with this, I'm like Jeffrey. Jeffrey, mm-hmm. Jeffrey. It's just, I don't know, it's weird to me. So he's Jeffrey Dahmer. He's not Jeff Dahmer. Exactly. Like, you say Jeff Dahmer, and it's like, that's ew. fucking weird. Yeah, ew. And with the name Jeffrey, I always want to spell it Jeffrey. I know, it's so weird. But it's Jeffrey. Yeah. R-E-Y. And I literally spelled it wrong so many times. So if I say Jeffrey, I'm very sorry about that ahead of time. Um, so yes, this arrangement worked. Jeffrey was helping around the home with chores. He attended church with his grandmother, but all the while he's still drinking like fucking fish. Good lord. Uh-huh. Surprise, Granny didn't put a stop in the loud. I know. My spoon out, boy. I know. Um, Especially in Wisconsin. It did say that he did get a job as a phlebotomist in 1982. Oh, great. Um, I know, Perfect right? job for him. I know, right? Christ. Um, and after about 10 months, he was actually laid off and then um, went back to just doing whatever, living off his grandma, not really amounting too much. In August of 1982, Dahmer was yet again arrested, this time for indecent exposure at the Wisconsin State Fair. And for this, he was fined like 50 bucks. Okay. Yeah. He did obtain another job working at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. And on his nights off, this is when he would start hanging around at the local gay bars and bathhouses, meeting men, and often having sexual encounters. Mm-hmm. I want to go to a bathhouse. I know. They were big for gay men. They ended up closing them down when the um, AIDS epidemic happened. Yeah. Uh, which. Obviously. Yeah. So, and I had to, like, Google it. I was like, whoa. It would likely be big for women, too. So, could we please start doing Oh, but women can't, can't do that kind of stuff. It's a woman. Stay <laughs> home and clean the kitchen, bitch. Men can do whatever they want, but women having sexuality? <sighs> I know. Dare you. You just lay there and I get off. You're not supposed to have any pleasure. Yeah. Fucking men. Um. Anyway, I'm, <laughs> yeah. We so, do that sometimes. Sorry. <laughs> And I've been watching Mrs. Maisel, which is like the 50s, and it's like, she can't even have a line of credit if she's not on her I husband's know. name, and like, it's all fucked, so, not cool. Let's not even talk about it right now, because I'll just get pissed. And then this will be a three-hour fucking Yeah, it's not already going to be. Um, so, yeah, so he started working at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory, and he's going to have this job for the next... Till whenever. To, for years. Yeah. So, um... Even though, um, so he's having these sexual encounters, and even though he hated that his partners would move around, um, he definitely was was happy with getting some of these encounters, but he was like, you're moving too much, you're too alive for my, yeah, when my she wants says and my needs. They don't like how they move around. He, she's being literal. Oh, yeah, like, no. Not no. like moving homes, like literally. No, literally moving during the sexual Moving. Yeah. Like a breathing, person actually well, just moving. Breathing is fine, but yes, no. Moving, doing anything that is not just laying there. Yeah. Breathing. <laughs> so, yes. On one occasion, according to Wikipedia, he stole a male mannequin, which he used for, like, you know, sexy purposes. Mm-hmm. Soon he was getting kicked out of these bars and bathhouses due to the fact that he was actively drugging his partners at this point. So he decided, well, if they're not going to lay there on their own, I'm going to make it so that I can have this sexual encounter that I want and will arouse me and give me what I need. You just, I, I just like rolled my eyes like 12 times. I think they're stuck in the back of my head. We're only on page five here, guys. <laughs> So, obviously, he started using hotels to meet up with the men, and in August of 1986, Dahmer is arrested again, this time for masturbating in front of two boys. Um, He stated that he was simply urinating, of course, but I I don't know what to believe on that one, because 
it's hard. Because if your thing's out and you're peeing, you can get indecent exposure and all this stuff. But I want to think that he probably was not peeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This landed him one year probation and counseling. Especially if it was, like, boys that he was in front of, like, obviously. Exactly, yeah, yeah. He, likes... he was pulling it out and he was, yeah. But that's yeah. the thing is, like... I don't know how young the boys were, but, like, some of his victims, like, he didn't usually go for, like... Young, young. young they young, were, like, young. teens. Exactly. So, yeah. I don't think he had, like... Pedophilia. pedophilia. Well, I mean, technically, yes, that is still pedophilia. It I mean, is. It's 10 years old yes. age. Yes, no. But no, it's no, not, it like, is. that young child pedophilia. Yes. It's, it's not, like, it's that, that person teen. who wants, you know, a six-year-old and, and that yeah. kind of stuff. You he know, they go for that person. just young men, which would yes. be teens. And I think, I what, the youngest one was, like, 14? 13 or 14, yeah, something like that, so... Um, not saying it's okay, guys. Not saying I'm just no, saying I, I'm just not. trying to work it out in my brain. She's trying so. to explain what type of pedophile he was. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sure. that's crass to come around. That's uh, really what it is. What type the, of pedophile are we talking about? The here? file he was was the necrophile, guys, and yeah. we'll get into it. Okay, if you don't know what necrophilia is, you might be on the wrong show, but go Google it. Uh, so. By the next month, Dahmer will start his killing spree he is infamous for. Mm. With nine years in between Dahmer's murders, once he starts up again, there will be no stopping until someone makes him. Great. So let's get into it. So September 1987, Dahmer meets 24-year-old Stephen Tuomi. And the two go back to the Ambassador Hotel um, that night, like, just like he had with a lot of other men, but this night is going to kind of take a turn for the worst. Dahmer would drug the man, then carry out sexual acts on him while unconscious, but this is not going to go according to plan. Dahmer, who had been drinking very heavily, had blacked out at some point. When he awoke the next morning, he noticed bruises on his wrists and his arms, and the beaten remains of Stephen Tuomi lying beneath him. After, um, even after his capture, Dahmer claims he never had memory of this murder to that day. Mm-hmm. Never remembered it. But because blacking out is a thing, you guys. Like if you drink too much alcohol, you will not yeah. see what happened no, the night before. No, you might get little flashes, but you ain't gonna remember. Yeah. I, there's still nights that I don't remember. Yeah, it, I made a really like horrible mistake recently for my 30th yay and it was not good and let me tell you that's what i'm doing may i just get fucking black like i don't recommend 10 out of 10 do not recommend (laughs) oh no i know you mean zero out of 10 do not recommend no 10 out of 10 is good no i mean 10 out of 10 i do not recommend like that's how strong i do not recommend all right uh yeah, no, I've been there after high school. I had a really bad blackout whiskey night, and yeah, I but don't remember anything. It's a lot it. easier to handle that after high school than it is even at 30. I guess, but I, I, don't, I don't know, man. And you were safe with your husband and stuff. I was not in a well, safe yeah. position yeah, that's at different. this point. Like, I don't, yeah, no, yeah, it was not. Different. It was not safe, guys. I made a stupid decision, and I still don't remember it. So I don't remember my night either. All I know is that I was horrible. And, and that's the thing, too, is, you know, he does he did not remember anything about it. He just know he woke up and there is this dead man lying with him. So, that's so fucked up. Unfortunately, it was enough to reignite this darkness inside of him. And Jeffrey concealed the body in a large suitcase and transported it back to Grandmama's house. There, he dismembered the body and placed everything besides the head in plastic bags and threw it in the trash. In which... Victim was this? I'm trying to look at the picture. Stephen Tuomi. He might not be pictured. Sometimes he's not there. He's yeah, not I don't in see the him pictures. On that one. Yeah, it was weird. Some he was in and some he wasn't. 
And do we know how old he was? 24. 24. Let me okay. go back and make sure that was right. There's a lot of ages in here. <laughs> 24, yes. Okay. So uh, he actually wished to preserve the head. So he originally boiled it in a mixture of bleach and Soilex, which Soilex is like an industrial detergent. But if we know anything about bones, this actually rendered the skull brittle. If you boil and bleach, you're actually not supposed to do that with bones. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to use hydrogen peroxide yeah. to clean. Or even bury it and let animals or beetles clean it. Yeah. Um, because bleach is just not good. And it made the skull very brittle. You can even buy bugs if you got your, your bones in a container. Yeah, and you can buy the beetles the and stuff. There yeah, and let yeah. them do their thing. It's wonderful. Yeah, I would <laughs> probably... Because that's just nature. I would probably do, like, the, the, the digging. Like, if it was, like, needed to be cleaned. Not a dick or anything, guys. Animals. We've been very like my mom found that deer for me. She she when she found it, there was quite a bit of flesh. Yeah, so, so she just like, left it there. She literally yep. just left it till yep. the next year, and by the time winter and spring and summer had already come and gone several times or whatever, it was like they were it was, it was clean enough for me to be able to um, take to care deal of it with myself. Yeah. Yep. So um, he did use the skull a few times for masturbation purposes. Ow! But... Ew! And ow! Well, I don't think he was skull fucking like in smiley face. I think well, he was that's the image at... I get. He's a okay. skull fucker. Yeah, he is a skull fucker. Uh, I'm gonna watch that movie now, man. Uh, no, I don't think he. Your I think he was creepy roommate. You know, he's a skull fucker. <laughs> a skull fucker. <laughs> and then you just see Danny Masterson, which is kind of foreshadowing. So like, he goes, <laughs> yeah, naked with this skull. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? We're not laughing. That at is Donna right there. I know. He was so creepy in that movie too. Like yeah. the way he would like look at her and like he. Well, ugh. it was like like I said. Now that you know what has come out. I know. It's kind of weird. I know. I'll never look at Hyde the same way. I know. And I loved Hyde. Everyone. I know. Everyone was on like Ashton Kutcher's balls, and I was I was the one who liked Hyde. I was I like know. that girl who was like, "Hey, yeah, Hyde." He, his personality was so adorable. Loved him. So anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so he used it for masturbation purposes. I'm assuming he would look at it and he would remember like the dead body, and 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 then uh-huh. he would be able to get aroused and masturbate. But I could be wrong. I could I'm be hoping wrong. I'm wrong. I, I don't want it to be <laughs> a skull fucker. Like, ouch, and a brittle skull. Like I too. said, like, ew, ow, splinters ew. in your wee wee. That's a whole nother name to boner. <laughs> That's horrible. Ow, ow. <laughs> anyway, so <clears throat> let's get this over with. Um, Dahmer <laughs> stated that a lot of why he killed was because he wanted to actually possess that person, mm-hmm. and that's why he often kept trophies, which we will get into in greater detail later on. So yeah. remember that. October of 1987, Dahmer had a new itch that needed to be scratched, so he lured 14-year-old James Dockstatter back to his grandmother's basement. Yeah, he's doing this in his grandmama's house. How fucking dare you? Mm-hmm. Um, he promised $50 um, to the boy in exchange for James posing for nude pictures. This is a, a scheme that he uses very often. Mm-hmm. And once back at the home, Dahmer drugged Doc Statter, then strangled him to death. His remains were disposed of in the same manner as Tuomi the month earlier. March of 1988, Dahmer met 22-year-old Richard Guerrero outside of the gay bar. This time, he offered Guerrero $50 to come home and spend the night with him. They went back to Dahmer's grandma's. He drugged Guerrero like the others and also strangled him to death. Dahmer then performed sexual acts with the corpse 
of Richard Guerrero before dismembering and discarding the remains. So this is when the necrophilia starts to starts to come into play, which is ew. The most disgusting. Ew, 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 ew. What's that zombie movie we really liked actually? It was about that. Oh fuck, what is that? I know what you're talking about, but I like the dude was like a zombie. He was like dead, and he like had sex with her, and then oh, she became the zombie. Oh, yeah, it was that. Like she started. Yes, it was actually good, but it was disgusting. Yeah, it was like a pandemic type thing. Yeah, then she started. It was the zombie virus. She was yeah. <sighs> and the kid even knew that something was fucking wrong, and he's. You remember doing the fingernail? She yeah, her fingernail and like her back and or like whatever. The, the eye, and like uh, all the stuff. It was so good, but so gross. It was what on, was it? There was a second one too that I. Watched. I know. Yeah, there was. Oh my gosh. You have to look it up. You have to look it up because I don't remember. But yeah, he has, he, he's like a morgue worker and he has sex with a dead yes. body. And then she has sex with, first of all, first of all, first of all, if I find out I had sex with somebody who had sex with a dead fucking body. Oh my Lord. Dude, I got chills. I feel so ugh, disgusted Ew. right now. Ew. Okay, she's finding it, guys. She's finding it. So, um, so yeah, so until she finds that out, um, <clears throat> we will get back to this. So Dahmer also realizes at this time that concealing contracted. the murder contract yes, yes contracted. Yes. yes. And like yeah. even like the the movie covers like her gross eye. Uh-huh. Ew. I know. Ew. Yeah. I, I kinda wanna watch it again. <laughs> Doesn't she like spit up stuff into the sink all gross? Is oh, there like God. a scene where yeah. she does that? Well the second movie is like her boyfriend. Uh-huh. Because she like dies or whatever at the end. Yeah. And then but they had sex. So I it's know. about like him. It wasn't like maggots. I'm not getting into it. It's yeah. gross, guys. Go watch it. So, I thought I watched the second one. The second one was good. I thought the first one was better, but yeah, oh, dude, it's gross. It's, it's like disgusting. You need to have a strong stomach to watch that movie. It's <laughs> nasty. Um, so <clears throat> listen to Dahmer and then go watch it. Oh, my Lord. Um, all right. So, so yeah. So Dahmer um, strangled Guerrero to death. He performed sexual acts on the corpse, and then um, he dismembered and discarded the remains. Dahmer realized at this time that concealing the murders was becoming harder. His grandma was becoming suspicious about the men that he was bringing that home. poor grandma. And the stenches that were coming oh, out of the basement. Poor granny. Um, yeah. How can you subject, subject your granny to that shit? Are you kidding me? Uh, so Dahmer was made to secure an apartment for himself, and shortly after moving out, he was arrested again. She's like, "Boy, you stink! You need to leave my house." She's like, "Honey, where are, where are all these men coming from? And why are they here? It stinks really, really bad. You should probably take a shower, honey." Ugh. She's, she's little does southern. she know. She's southern too. All all grandmas are southern to me. <laughs> I know, right? Good old southern. None of mine were, um, <laughs> but all grandmas are southern. So, yeah, so after she kicks him to the curb, he secures a, an apartment, but he's arrested again in September of 1988. This time, and I'm so sorry, this name is very intense, and I'm sorry if I say it wrong. He was arrested this time for the sexual assault of 13-year-old Kesian Synthesomphone. 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 Yes, it's got Kesian Synthesomphone. Um, so he had drugged and molested the boy, but Kesian was actually able to escape and was able to turn Dahmer in. Um, he was charged with second-degree sexual assault and enticing a child for immoral purposes. 
Dahmer spent one week in jail before being released on bail and awaiting his sentencing. While he was out in March um, in March of 1989, Dahmer committed another murder. So they should have just locked his fucking ass up. Of course. <sighs> when don't they? His fifth victim was 24-year-old Anthony Sears, and the two had met at a bar like many of the other victims. Dahmer feared bringing Sears back to his apartment. He thought maybe he was being watched. So he decided to go back to Grandma's. <laughs> he drugged and strangled Sears like the others, but this time... This is when he, like, really started collecting, like, trophies, like, real trophies. Mm-hmm. He preserved the head and genitals of Sears in a jar of acetone, um, and he kept this in a wooden box, sometimes even bringing it to work with him and putting it in his work locker. Why? <laughs> a way to always remember. Bring a fucking picture, dude. No, we'll get to the pictures. I know, but you would think we would have gotten there first before I, you bring a head to work with you, but you hey, know. Hey, you know, how do you conceal that? You must have had a big old duffel bag, and then he, like, unzipped it and, like, oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, God, it's gross. And it must have turned him on after that because he's very sexual, I like, know. charged with this, too, so... I, I just keep getting these heebie-jeebies all over my body. Dude, Dahmer, it's so bad. Like, Ugh. Bundy's bad, but, like, there's something about Dahmer. There is something about Dahmer that's just inherently, like... Just disgusting. Disgusting. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. So, in May of 1989, remember, he was arrested in, like, what did I say? Like, September? Mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that. Um, he was finally sentenced to 12 months in jail for these sexual assault charges and five years probation. He was awarded work release, so he would be able to keep his job. Um, how sweet, like here you go, like, here's your jail sentence, but you can also, like, get work release so you can fucking work and keep your job, you fucking yeah, asshole. he could be sexually assaulting people while he's at work. Exactly. Well, he's got fucking heads. I know. Like, he's literally... Anyway. Um, but he was made to register as a sex offender after this, so he's put on the registry. He was, you know, known at that point. Um, I'm not sure, because... I know that some, uh, like, work releases is, like, you have the week off and then you do, like, weekend jail. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like that for him. I think he might have just went to work and then went back, went back to the to jail. Prison, yeah. That's what I'm thinking, but I'm not sure. Um, he ended up being released two months early, and he rented an apartment at um, 924 North 25th Street in Milwaukee. And this apartment building will be infamous surrounding these murders. So if you look up, like... Dahmer apartment, that is the apartment building. By, I wrote, by my 1990. <laughs> by 1990, Dahmer was out and back to business. Didn't think jail was going to stop him, right? Nope. Jesus Christ. A 32-year-old sex worker named Raymond Smith was Dahmer's next target. Um, I'll add in at this time that Dahmer is choosing a very specific type of victim. He chooses men and boys who are kind of on the fringes of society um, they, they don't really have family members or their family members have kind of disowned them. So they're not about to put out a missing persons report. Um, and it kind of helps him get away with fucking murder for so long. Well, I'm pretty sure he even says in interviews that he likes to choose predominantly black men. Oh yeah, no, he was, he, like he, they were attracted, like he, he found needed, that more, he found he them did. more attractive. Yes, but yeah. it also helped because they were not going right. to, they were people of color. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be. Mm-hmm. They're missing, Especially and they're people of color. Like, yeah. it's not going to be a thing. Yeah. So, um, Dahmer offered him, uh, offered Smith $50 to come home with him, and he did the same thing again. Drugged him, then strangled him. 
He also posed Smith's dead body and took sick Polaroids as a piece of, like, morbid memorabilia. Mm. So, here are the pictures. Jeffrey then dismembered the body in his bathtub, boiled the remains before placing them in an acid to dissolve. He once again kept the skull, which he placed in a cabinet next to the skull of Anthony Sears. At this time, neighbors of Dahmer start to complain about the putrid smells that are emanating from Jeff's apartment. It stunk, dude. It stunk. You are dissolving a body in acid. It's going to stink. You drive by a dead animal that's been there for a while. Yeah. And you still, it still invades your car. And a lot of these, like, a lot of these, he was not just dismembering real quick. He couldn't do it. He was tired and, and it needed took a to while. drink. Yeah. One body could take a week. So he would just kind of lay the body there and then they would start to decompose laying on his floor. Yeah. Just, ew, ew, ew. And I'm sure if there was any blood or anything, he wasn't cleaning it up. No. He's just disgusting. You're just gross, dude. You're gross. Like, you're gross on a gross level, but you're also gross on, like, a hygienic level. Like, clean up your shit, dude. Dude. Um, Yeah, so he claimed it was just a broken meat freezer, and he would take care of it. On one occasion, he even had a neighbor named Pam Bass offer to help him clean the apartment, and she did. She did, yeah. She came over to his apartment and, like, helped him, like, clean up. She didn't see bloodstains? I don't think... I. I don't think there was anything, like, she didn't look in the fridge, she didn't look in the freezers. Yeah, but there would be blood on the floors. I don't know if there was, because he was using, like, the bathtub and stuff. And he was strangling. So, all of the bloody parts were coming from the Yeah, but what about when they're laying, laying there decomposing? That's going to leave... I think that was more stains. in the bedroom, though, too. Like, he, the living area was more, like... So, she only cleaned that? She didn't go in his Yeah, bedroom. I don't think she went into, like, he, like, kept things away, but he was, like, about to be evicted. And he was like, oh, man. And she was like, oh, honey, I'll come help you. I'll clean it up real quick. And she did. She went into that apartment and fucking helped him clean. To wow, she must snow. have felt like something else when she was found out about Donna. Dude, I literally wrote here, imagine being that neighbor after the news break. Yeah, I <laughs> like, could not. I could not. I'd oh, be like, what did I clean? I'd be like, Wait. Oh, my God, what did I clean? Yeah, and, like, like literally, like, the freezer... Uh, the freezer that he, like, blamed it on was, like, like in the kitchen. So, like, good thing she didn't open that because there were probably body parts wrapped. And... Yep, so. Surreal. Just surreal. It's, it's, like, it's crazy, it's man. It's, like, it's too, too horrific to exist. Right? Like, how is this a real story? I know. Like, I feel like this should be, like, fiction. Yeah. Like, no. So, June of 1990, Dahmer drugged and strangled 27-year-old Edward Smith. According to an article on allthatisinteresting.com, love them, Dahmer tried different methods of preservation, and he accidentally exploded the head of Edward Smith when he tried to dry it out in the oven. Oh my god, mm-hmm. that's awful. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he, like, Ugh. I don't know if he, like, you know, severed the head and then put it in whole. Yeah, that sounds like what it was. And then it blew up, because yeah. I'm thinking he, he, he wants the, the appearance. He wants to remember what they looked like and their beauty. He actually said that in an interview. So I think that he was trying to preserve the skull as it was. He uh-huh. didn't want just the skull because then it's just a skull. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it didn't work for him. His cannibalistic tendencies also began around this time. And in September 1990, Dahmer will claim two more victims. The first was 22-year-old Ernest Miller. He was promised money to come home with Dahmer, but once they arrived, he realized he was low on sleeping pills. So he's like, oh shit, this guy is not going to go to sleep. So he slashed Miller's throat before dismembering the body. Dahmer prepared parts of the remains for consumption, including the heart, biceps, 
and portions of flesh from the legs. Um, he placed them in plastic bags and then just like put them in the refrigerator like you do with the fucking steak from the fucking supermarket. Jesus Christ. Yep. The rest of the body was then cleaned and boiled so he could retain the skeleton for preservation. And just like other uh, victims, Miller's head was also stripped of the flesh. Dahmer actually also painted it and coated it with enamel. So he was, like, decorating these skulls as well. Mm -hmm. It's weird, too, because, like, I hate what he's doing. (laughs) This is fucked. I'm not even going to say it. Never mind. Never mind. I'm not even going to say it. He honors them in a way. It's fucked. It's fucked Mm -hmm. that he's doing it, but he's also, like... Like, Bundy, like, he just left him there mm-hmm. to be found, you know? But, like, he, he's keeping these pieces, and he's decorating, and he's, he's like... It's, he's insane. Like, literally, yes. it's just crazy. It's like, holy shit, man. Anyway, three that's weeks. Why, that's why people like us all like true crime, is because it's just so fascinating. The, yes, the how human they mind, act. and, like, what makes them tick and do the things that they do. And all of them are honestly so different in it the way that so they different. Uh-huh. treat mm-hmm. things and behave, and it's just so Like, Bundy was more towards, like, an anger. Like, he was very angry at these women. He just wanted to hurt them and yeah, brutalize the them, and, and then he would just and they were all so them. random. And, yeah. yeah, but Dahmer was, like, methodical, and he knew what he liked, and he did the same things, and... and and the way that, like, I'll get into, like, his experimentation with these bodies, it's very just, like, I'll get into it. Yeah, I know. So, uh, yeah. So, three weeks after the Ernest Miller murder, Dahmer met uh, Tom, sorry, David Thomas, aged 22. Apparently, Dahmer was not very attracted to Thomas, but he had already, like, wasted sedatives on him. So, he's like, I gotta kill him. Jesus Christ. Um, he feared that Thomas would go to the police if he woke up. So, he strangled him, then disposed of the body, keeping nothing. Except photographs he had taken during the dismemberment. Wow. So, he just was not as attached to this person as the others. And that does show that, you know, he did look for people that he was sexually attracted to. He wasn't just killing anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But this person, you know, that he wasn't as attracted to, he didn't feel like he needed to keep or possess. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, yeah, if you wake up and you drugged me, I'm probably going to the cops. Mm -hmm. So, Dahmer doesn't kill for five months after this. (laughs) I'm not sure what the... like why he stopped I don't know if like maybe he had a period of like I have enough here for now like you know I have the skulls I have the the the, the maybe he didn't have a room in his freezer part oh the, the food I was gonna say the food I don't want to call them food but the cannibalistic portion of it um maybe it was enough or maybe like I feel like he was drinking a lot because like he liked doing it but I think he also wanted to squash the urge as well so maybe, like, he was trying to fight it. And I feel like he was also trying to preserve pieces so he didn't have to keep killing people. He was just trying to find a way that he could live happily in his dark urges. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was trying it out for those five months. I don't know. Doesn't work. In February of 1991, Jeffrey takes his 10th victim, 17-year-old Chris Straw- Sorry, Curtis Strotter. Strotter was standing at the bus stop when Dahmer approached him, offering money in exchange for nude photos. Just like the other victims, he drugged and strangled Curtis. He took photos of the entire dismemberment process and, of course, kept parts as trophies and for consumption. Mm -hmm. I hate having to say for consumption. After Dahmer's arrest, is this our first cannibal? 
I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so either, but I, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, so after Dama's arrest, he stated that the cannibalism was a way of, quote, making me feel they were a part of me, end quote. So he needed to literally possess and have them be a part of him and never leave him. He wanted someone who could never leave him. That was one of the biggest things that he would say is, I wanted someone there all the time who could never leave me. You are what they eat, they always say. And honestly, that goes back to childhood because... Well, everybody deals, so many people deal with divorce. Yep, so many yep. people. But, you know, uh-huh. he was and he was a little bit older when this happened, too. Well, even they said in his younger childhood, he felt like he wasn't getting enough attention from well, his mother. Yeah, you know, his mother left and she took mm-hmm. his younger brother with him, mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. Abandonment then, issues. Then his dad left. Uh-huh. And, and his dad was home, traveling a lot, you know? too. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's like an abandonment issue. But it's know? funny because he... Those things didn't happen during the most crucial brain development times yeah. that happened well, when he was, like, a teenager. Yes and no, because he did say that he became withdrawn after his brother was born because he wasn't getting enough mm, attention. Yeah. So it could be that he just wasn't the apple of his mom's eye anymore or the fact that his mom maybe... Well, maybe he couldn't cope with the fact that you're going from a single child to two children. Mm-hmm. Well, well, he might have thought that giving any attention to yeah. a baby was a slight on him. That, true, now I'm not true. getting any because... Yep. Of course, you're going to have to split your time. This is a newborn yeah. child. And who like, knows about his mother? I mean, his mother could have been the person who just was not emotionally there. And maybe she couldn't give enough emotionally to both kids. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So, yeah, it's very interesting how you can see, like, abandonment issues with the fact that he just wanted someone there all the time who mm-hmm. could not leave him. Mm-hmm. In April 1991, Dahmer started experimenting with his victims. You're still plugged in. He always wanted to create a zombie-like state where his victims could be kept in a permanent, unresistant, and submissive state, but still be alive. That heartbeat was very important to him. He first yikes on several bikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So he first tried this on 19-year-old Errol Lindsay. He drugged Lindsay, then while unconscious, he drilled a hole into the skull and inserted hydrochloric acid. Oh, good lord. That's not something that goes into your brain or your head, guys. Do you think it was like, do you think he had put him to sleep with sleeping pills before he did that? He did, yeah, I said it right there. Oh, you did, okay. Yeah, he drugged him and then while unconscious, he drilled the hole. Yeah. Okay, could you, oh my fucking god, I was gonna say. I still feel like, I don't know, sleeping pills. You would wake up out of that. Yeah. And then to feel hydrochloric. Like, the, the acid oh, going yeah. into your brain oh, oh. and then feeling it dissolve. I mean, it's got to be dissolving your brain while it's in there. Yeah. It's, it's got, turning your brain into I don't mush. know. I, I don't know. So, I, I don't know how, but Lindsay woke up. And as soon as he woke up, he was complaining of a headache. Dahmer knew his experiment had failed, so he gave him more sedatives and then strangled him to death. So I don't really know. I didn't want to go deep into, like, how that would have affected the brain or how any of that works, but, like... It definitely would have dissolved the brain, and probably right? Dahmer, Dahmer saying it didn't work right after might have been a mistake on his part because he doesn't know. It probably would have dissolved his brain, and, and it probably feel, would have died from that. So I feel like maybe some some of the doses... Might, I think what he was trying to do is create, like, a coma. Yeah. Probably put somebody into, like, a coma-like state, and I feel like it is it is smart to draw these conclusions but maybe like the dosage was off well the I'm thing not sure. is because too is, much probably would kill not enough we'll get into that and then not enough maybe didn't work I, I i don't know and the thing is he's like using his dad's back now he thinks he's his dad some fucking chemist, chemist. who yep. can keep yep. people alive like what the fuck dude yep. he didn't 
All right, continue. Next, he dismembered the body. He flayed the skin, placing it in a salt bath to try to preserve it. He literally was like a mad scientist at mm-hmm. this point. Like, mm-hmm. That's exactly my creation. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Frankenstein. Yes, literally. He's alive. He's not alive. That's what I want. Um, so anyway, sorry for your ears if that was loud. Um, so yeah, so it wasn't successful, um, the skin drying, and it all had to be disposed of in the end. In May 1991, Dahmer murdered 31-year-old Anthony Hughes in his usual manner. He um, hadn't been able to actually dispose of the body yet when he picked up his next victim. So that body was just kind of laying there. Good God. 14-year-old Conorak Synthosomophone. Synthosomophone. Sorry, it's a hard name. So, yeah, I said that name earlier. Remember that. Mm -hmm. So he lured the boy into his home with that same promise of money for a nude photo shoot. He drugged the boy, and like Errol Lindsay, he decided to try his zombification experiment once more. He drilled the hole in Conorak's skull and inserted the acid. While the boy was still unconscious, Dahmer just left the apartment, running some errand, most likely probably picking up more booze. He probably ran out. I hate this part. I hate this part so much. And by the way, um, he had laid Connor up in the bedroom, and in that same bedroom was the naked remains of Hughes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. So this was a mistake as Connor awoke frightened as there's a friggin' dead body just lying there. And he probably assumed that he was in danger. He's probably got blood dripping from his skull. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, the boy ran naked into the street and was spotted by some women who lived in the building. They immediately called police and Conorak was, or as Conorak was disoriented and bleeding. As I said at the top of the episode, when police arrived, so did Dahmer. He told police that the boy was 19 and was his boyfriend. There had been a lover's quarrel, but they had since made up, and he even showed Polaroid, Polaroid, Polaroids, which they had taken as further proof of the relationship. And I'm sorry, when you guys see this picture of the of the poor victim... Oh, he's, he's tiny. He's a young boy. He looks nothing like a 19-year-old He's chi- a child. A he's no. a fucking child. Yeah. You yeah, can I tell know. he is underage, and these fucking cops... I swear to fucking God. Oh, we'll get into it. I know. So, unfortunately, Conorak could not voice concern. One source stated it was a language barrier, but I also kind of thought maybe, like, the fact that he had acid inserted into his brain. It like, was maybe probably... that had something to do with, like, I guess it was his frontal lobe, too, so it might have had something to do with his cognitive ability. Absolutely. You don't even know how far Jeffrey drilled into his skull. Who or knows? How if he much, pierced the brain like, several, a uh-huh. little bit. Like, are yeah. you kidding me? Like, it could have been enough so he could get up and run, but he might not have been able to think or speak or really do much. The fact that this kid is bleeding from his skull, like... Yeah. So, either way, the police led Dahmer and Conorak into the apartment where they noticed a strange odor, maybe the naked dead body that was just feet away. Oh, my God. But... They just leave. I believing. hate this fucking part so much. So, he so got away with this pisses me off. So they just leave, believing the story Dahmer had told, and also laughing and joking about the, quote, gay lovers. Because that's fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Assholes. I hope they feel like pieces of fucking shit, to be honest with you. Yep, because these officers had just made a huge mistake and left Conorock with the man who would murder him. Dahmer tries to insert more acid into the boy's head, but this time the dose is fatal. 
I'm literally getting a headache in my left temple, and it's freaking me out right now. Dude, it's awful. I'm having, like, sympathy pains right now. Yeah. Awful. Imagine. I, I know. That's I the mean, problem. I'm imagining too much, probably. I think that he did re-drug the boy, so he wasn't, he was not aware, you know, when he was getting it. But imagine waking up with that pain. Like oh, my that, God. Oh, that excruciating headache. Mm, probably worse than a fucking migraine. So, if this name sounds familiar, Conorak is the younger brother of the boy Dahmer had been arrested for sexually assaulting in 1988. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Now, Dahmer claimed that, like, um, at the time he did not know of this connection. He was just a random boy that he had seen and had picked up. So, it wasn't like he was like, oh, I'm getting back at you, Mm -hmm. you know, or anything like that. So, he claimed. Now, with two dead bodies on his hands, he works to dismember them and keeps both skulls for display purposes. In June 1991, Dahmer meets 20-year-old Matthew Turner in Chicago, and he convinces him to travel back to Milwaukee. Jesus. Turner is drugged and murdered in the same manner as the other victims. Dahmer, of course, keeps the skull and places the internal organs in bags in the freezer. So he didn't try to make him a zombie? Apparently not. Nope. In July, Dahmer kind of goes ham, and he kills three more people. Jesus. And this is uh, between July 7th and July 19th of 1991. So there's 20-year-old Jeremiah Weinberger, and he comes back to Milwaukee on the promise of a nice getaway and a photo shoot. I think he was in Chicago as well. For some reason, Dahmer does not immediately kill Weinberger, and it isn't until the next day when the man starts voicing he wants to leave and go home. So I don't know if he, at this point, was, like, holding back, maybe trying not to kill so quickly. I'm not sure, but but for some reason, he didn't. He actually genuinely liked this person. He might have, yeah. Maybe he has. Maybe I could see how this will go. Or maybe there's a way that I can preserve this differently and I can figure that out and keep him here. But Mm -hmm. that wasn't working. So Jeffrey murdered Weinberger and dismembered him as well. Oliver Lacey, age 24, was the next victim of Dahmer. The two met and went back to Dahmer's apartment under the guise of, of course, a nude photo shoot. This time, however, Dahmer decided he wanted to keep Lacey alive, but unconscious for as long as he could. So he decided that he was going to administer chloroform and just keep administering it to keep him unconscious. Mm -hmm. For some reason, this was unsuccessful in prolonging. I think that maybe, like, after a while, maybe he got up, like, a tolerance? I don't know. Mm. Or, or... I'm not sure, but... His adrenaline started kicking in? Who knows? Yeah, maybe. But for some reason, he was not able to be kept in an unconscious state. So Dahmer strangled Lacey and afterwards performed necrophilia on the corpse. By this time, Dahmer is really slipping into a dark state, and he actually has been calling in and, like, taking tons of time off from his job at the chocolate factory. He's kind of just dissolving mm-hmm. at this point. So, um, at this point with him calling in, they finally are like, you're done here. We're letting you go. And, I mean, he's been at this job for years now, Mm -hmm. at least. Um, the whole drinking and, you know, murdering must have kept him super busy, and he probably had no time for work. Mm -hmm. So, his next victim, um, in July was 25-year-old Joseph Braidhoff. He lures the man back to his apartment, and like the others, he drugs and strangled him. He did retain the head, and he placed it in the fridge. And he placed the torso into a vat of acid along with the two others that he had killed in July. Dahmer kind of seems to be escalating at this point, but his luck is about to run out. July 22nd of 1991, Tracy Edwards accompanies Dahmer home. 
He wants someone, he claims he wants someone to just like hang out with, drink some beer, maybe even pose for some photos. So Edward's like, sure, yeah, why not? As soon as Edwards enters the apartment, he gets a very strong, bad vibe. Mm-hmm. First, it was the awful smell that came and like hit him like a ton of bricks. And the next was boxes upon boxes of hydrochloric acid. Well, yeah, that's a red fucking flag. <laughs> well, bet, well, bet, right? On top of the smell. Why do you need that? Why Lord. the fuck do you need that? <sighs> so immediately, Dahmer cuffed Edwards and led him to the bedroom. But I think he only cuffed like one. He wasn't like cuffed both. Well, he, he probably one. planned to attach the other one to like the bedpost. Yep, or something. and then do whatever he needed to do to him. So he then pulled out a knife and ordered Edwards to undress, which he did to appease this madman. Dahmer then put his head to Edwards' chest, listening to his heartbeat, and then told him how he intended to eat his heart. Good lord. So he's just he's just playing with this man right now, and it's that's gotta be scary. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine someone being like, I'm gonna eat your heart, and you're just Fuck like, oh my that god, that's shit. so scary. I'm poking you in the eyeballs. Oh, just wait. Something. Just wait. So Edwards decides to appease Dahmer, which is actually smart. Like, yeah, I you know. know. If you're in that situation, like, until you can get a chance, appease that person. Try to get on their good Play side on. as much as you can. And he basically goes along with everything until he can attempt an escape. As soon as he noticed Dahmer's attention go elsewhere, I guess Dahmer had this, like, ritual of playing Exorcist 3. He would put that movie mm-hmm. on and then would get well. him into, like, the mood and, like, yeah it's fucking fucked up man so you know edwards enters and like that movie's playing so i guess like Dahmer kind of like got distracted by that and edwards like okay this is my fucking moment he punches him in the face knocks him back and then notices that like because at this Dahmer's just kind of holding the the handcuffs i was gonna say so he's not cuffed to anything yet not yet no he's just kind of holding it at this point um so you know he he's let go and he fucking books it out of the apartment once outside, Edwards is able to track down police officers who noticed a handcuff on one of his wrists. You got to imagine this man is half naked, he's half handcuffed. Like, what the fuck is mm-hmm. going on? You know, <clears throat> um, I'm sure that Sorry. the um, the officers probably were like, "What? Did something go bad? Or did your kinky time go bad?" Like, they're probably assholes. Um, but anyway, um, so he asked the officers if they could remove it, but their keys didn't fit. And they're like, sorry, dude. Edwards had to lead the police to Dahmer's apartment. So he had to go back up there, which no, I'm I'm cutting off my wrist at that point. I am going to just live with this handcuff. This is my new bracelet, guys. You like it? Um, there's no way I'm re-entering that apartment, but he goes in with him and he hopes that, um, the police can be like, hey, get this key and unlock me. Dahmer, of course, lets the officers in and instantly turns on the charm that worked for him in the past. He admitted to placing the handcuffs on Edward, basically just like, hey, we're into some kinky shit, let me go get the keys. He showed the police that the key was on his nightstand and one of the officers followed him. When they entered the bedroom, one officer noticed a drawer that was ajar and saw Polaroids containing partially dismembered bodies. Christ almighty. Once Dahmer saw that they had found his stash, um, he quickly tried to make a run for it. Like I said, his luck had run out and he was seized immediately. Officers knew that they had a lot on their hands and immediately called for backup. Once the officers arrived, the search of Dahmer's apartment commenced. What they found inside is going to shock the world. Mm-hmm. 
Upon opening the fridge, they found a severed head on the bottom shelf, mm-hmm. two human hearts, four more severed heads throughout different areas of the fridge and the freezers, seven skulls in the bedroom, human torso in the freezer, preserved sexual organs, two entire skeletons, severed hands, and a vat of acid containing three torsos. They also found, of course, the Polaroids. These showed victims being posed, dead, and also being dismembered. And they also found a hand-drawn plan um, for an altar, which Dahmer wanted to build. And this would contain, like, skeletons, painted skulls, and would be a place he could just, like, sit and collect his thoughts. Yuck. I wish you guys could hear a head shake, because I've just been sitting here just shaking my head. Just yuck. Like, why do you need that? Why do you want to be surrounded by your skeletons and and your painted skulls? Yeah. Like, he had it all mapped out to, like, the colors that he was going to use with it, and Mm -hmm. just yuck. Ugh. So, um, Dahmer knew that the jig was up at this point. There was no way to explain the amount of evidence that they just pulled out of his apartment. Like, you can't be like, uh, um, I didn't do anything. Unless... No, there's no way. Oh, no, there's no way. Like, yeah. I know people own human skulls, but, like, that, it goes beyond that. Yeah, there were know? heads like, and this, body parts yeah, and yeah, pictures. And, and there's no way. Yeah, that is it. Peens and, yeah. You're yeah, done, dude. So, you're yeah, fucking done. Done. So he obviously quickly started talking, and he admitted to committing the 17 murders. He pled guilty to 15 of the charges and was sentenced to 15 life sentences plus 70 years. Um, I don't know if it was, like... They could only they only have evidence on fifteen. That's what I'm assuming because sometimes they don't want to bring in other things that don't have evidence and have mm-hmm. the chance of him fucking walking. Mm-hmm. So it was probably his earlier murders that they didn't have much on, mm-hmm. and then these fifteen they probably had fucking stone cold like DNA, the head, <laughs> the literally peen, they had like they literally had parts of the bodies. So he was imprisoned at Wisconsin's Columbia Correctional Institution. Jeffrey Dahmer also gave many interviews while behind bars. He's probably one of the most, I mean, besides Kemper, mm-hmm. that fucking super talkative talked a lot. Yeah. Um, and he explained and was you know, honest about yeah. Everything. He explained like, why he did it, what fueled him, how it felt. He was like, it was addictive. I enjoyed it. Like he wasn't like, oh, you know, I, I'm mentally ill. And like mm-hmm. he literally was like, I just I have these thoughts and it, mm-hmm. it fueled me and I enjoyed it. Um, in November of 1994, Dahmer's sentence was cut short. No, he wasn't let out. He was murdered by a fellow inmate. Christopher Scarver bludgeoned Dahmer to death while they were on a work duty. And uh, it said that Dahmer welcomed death and he didn't even try to fight back. He was ready. He was like, all right, take me. I have no fight left in me. I think he got him from the back. Too. Oh yeah, he, like, was he came from behind him and yep. smacked him with yep. the bar. And but at that point, I mean, Dahmer had already been talking about like suicidal tendencies mm-hmm. and and how he was like, I shouldn't be here anymore. Like he he didn't want to live at that point, I don't think, and he he welcomed his own death. I also believe you guys that the person who did take Dahmer out is a poet now, from what I've seen. So check I'm a that poet, out. and I didn't know it. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. So, yes, uh, he is known as one of the most famous modern-day serial killers and has been fascinating people for many years. Even before I knew about Bundy, like, mm-hmm. I had already learned everything about Dahmer. He was, like, 101 for me. Mm-hmm. He fascinates many, and his the true crime junkie in us all just wants to know what drove him to kill. 
And do all those crazy things. Yeah, yeah. Why why the necrophilia? Why the eating? Why the, the science the, experiments? The my keeping God. of the person. Yeah. yeah, just that, that wanting to create something that will stay there and, and just yeah. be a zombie. Literally. A sex zombie. Literally. That's what he wanted. Yeah. So yeah. So that's all. We can finally check Dahmer off the list. Thank God. We're at 16% (sighs) remaining. The battery saver is on. Okay, we're doing good. Just on Um, time. (laughs) Until next week, not sure what Noelle has in store, but... Neither um, do I. I know my next one is going to be paranormal because I need a fucking break. I want to know now. Um, I think it's probably true crime or true crime adjacent. I don't know because your last one was, 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 was paranormal, but it might be paranormal. I don't remember. I don't know. I'm going to have to look. Yeah. Mine is definitely, I don't even care if it says on the schedule it's fucking <laughs> true crime. I'm changing it. I am changing it. Yeah. I can't. I need a break after F- Dom's. Yeah. The Dama. So, um, make sure to follow us on the socials. Leave those reviews, guys. Please, please, please. We want to keep doing this podcast, and unfortunately, we don't make any money off of it. So, if we could get elevated to the point where it feels we've fallen out of love a little bit and we want to fall back in love. So if you leave us those reviews and help us fall back in love, then we will continue to bring you the show. Um, and you can leave those reviews wherever I said at the beginning. I'm not saying them again. And next um, week we actually have a cult. So it'll be a fun one. Yes, I love... Oh, children. Yeah. Okay, so yay. No true crime. Or no true crime. Well, my has a little kind bit of true crime. Kind of a little bit. Kind of a little bit. No, like, a culty one. serial killer and no paranormal. We're doing a cult. So okay. we'll have a little bit of a break yay. on both. Um, also, guys, make sure to check out the website and blog. We post all episode pictures and all the sources there as well. You can find that on www.morethanmurderpod.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next Fariki Friday with a new culty episode. Yay! Yay! Love, Love you. you. Bye! Bye.